harmonize today's very special guest is Dr. Sharon Grossman, psychologist, who is also known as the burnout doctor. And boy, do we need her. So listeners, listen up. If you're trying to harmonize, and I know you are from everything you're sending into the show, keep sending it in, keep viewing, subscribing, and sharing. Listen to this podcast where you listen to all of your other podcasts. Make ours first because today's guest is going to wow you. Dr. Sharon Grossman has founded the Warrior Institute. Let me tell you about this before I bring her on. The reason she founded this institute is to liberate you from self-limiting patterns while taking your external pressure that you all have in life. We know you do. I do too. And she's going to teach us today how to redirect that to power up from within. She's an author, a speaker, and so much more. Today, she will help you harmonizers to mind ninja your stress burnout. I can't wait for that. And she's going to help all of us high achievers to make career a part of our lifestyle. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Dana. I'm excited to be here. We are excited to have you. Okay. I don't know where to start. In our pre-show, I already feel like I know you and I'm just honored to have you on today's show. Our listeners are definitely dealing with stress and a lot of them are dealing with very high, exceeding levels of stress. What in the world is a mind ninja? for your stress burnout scenario. Help us. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about stress, you know, just to kind of start at the very beginning is that stress is a perception. It's not a real thing. It's not a tangible thing that you can hold in your hand. It's a story that you tell yourself. And a lot of it is really subconscious. You're not even aware that you're doing it, but we all have these filters through which we see the world. And those filters were created early on when we were growing up and we started to observe things around us. We saw how our parents engaged in the world. We heard about their fears, their beliefs. There was religion perhaps, or there were peers and teachers and other influencers in our life early on. And that's really shaped how we now see the world. Now, we may not even be aware that those things are there because they're just such a big part of who we are that we can't even imagine the world any other way. But you are aware of it because when you are with other people who think differently than you, you're like, no, that's not right. And the truth of the matter is, it's not that you're right and they're wrong. It's just that you guys have different filters because of your different upbringing. So when we're talking about stress, we're talking about these things that are going on outside in the world. And then the story that your brain has crafted as a result of your filters. Okay. So there's some storytelling going on. I absolutely relate to that myself. I know our listeners will tell us what is the number one thing we can do for ourselves when we're starting to spin up with those stories and those external stressors, what the heck do we do? Well, I think the very most important kind of foundational skill that you need to develop is self-awareness because so much of this, as I said, is subconscious. You're not even aware that it's happening a lot of the time. So developing that self-awareness is what's going to help slow things down and allow you to critique your own story. And then you can ask yourself questions like, so what am I, what is the story that I'm telling myself about this, right? Already implying that there's a story there. So that's a really powerful question. And uh, I just want to also mention, we know that this is true because if you, if you've ever been in a situation 
where other people were also in that situation and you had a very different response, you know that it's not the external stressor that creates your emotion. It's that story that you've been telling yourself. It's your interpretation, the meaning that you derive out of it, right? So the perfect example that I think everybody can relate to is COVID. And I remember at the beginning of COVID, I was still, you know, I, I had my therapy practice. I was still seeing people, but we we transitioned from in-person to Zoom. And I had clients who were just catastrophizing up the wazoo, right? So they were like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And I feel so trapped and they got so anxious and they really had to learn how to get over that over time. But that was their initial response to this idea of now we're going to be at home and things are going to be closed off and we're not going to be around other people. You're going to do it virtually. And if you do go outside, you need a mask. And there's all these restrictions that weren't there before. And, you know, the human brain doesn't like change. So there's a lot of freaking out that happened. And then you have all the people. And I would like to say that the majority of them are either people who are in the entrepreneurial space or people who had that entrepreneurial drive that weren't in the entrepreneurial space, but ended up shifting into it because those are the folks who happen to always see the opportunity in the situation, right? And so one of the things that I like to say is that stress is not the enemy. It's really about how you think about stress. And so in, in this example of COVID, what we know is that some people saw it as a threat. This is a terrible thing. This is the worst thing that could happen. This is the end of civilization. And other people saw this as such a beautiful opportunity. And maybe I can create something that wasn't there before. And we saw people going on Etsy and creating masks. And we saw people just starting new businesses and thinking in new creative ways of like, oh, what do you need now that you're home, right? Um, everybody started going on Zoom. So maybe there's like filters on Zoom that we can create or new apps or whatever it is, right? Um, I think it all comes back to your story. And, and that's really the, the biggest thing. So if you know that and you can slow yourself down enough, you could start to ask yourself the questions that allow you to feel like you have a choice in the matter. You have a choice in what you you go with as your story. And then you can ask yourself, is the story serving me? And you know the answer to that is no. If you're feeling really anxious, if you're feeling really bad, really worried, and all that. If you are inspired, if you are motivated, if you are energized, then you know the story is serving you. Okay. You have given more power-packed advice in a few minutes than almost anyone I've interviewed. So I'm going to ask you the next question. First, let me summarize for the listeners. Ask yourself the question, what story am I telling myself? Use the word story because I already wake up to I'm telling myself a story. I'm actually going to be doing this myself. I worry about my five rescue dogs all the time. Can I leave them at home alone? What's going to happen? Is it serving me? Hell no. Is it inspiring me? Absolutely not. I can't even get out of my own house. So this is excellent advice. And I can already feel the logic pouring in and the de-stressing kind of happening inside myself. So listeners, think about what's really stressing you out, what's freaking you out, what you're catastrophizing and, and stop that. There's this hilarious 
YouTube video from, I don't know, the 60s or 70s. Yes, with Dr. I know you're talking. Show. It's so great. So we're going to put this in the show notes. <laughs> and the, the psychologist, the adorable Dr. Bob Newhart, if you haven't seen the show, it's on TV land or YouTube. He tells the patient to stop it. Every time she brings up her catastrophizing, worrying, freaking out, he just says, well, I just want you to stop it. And, you know, I'm sure that worked great in your practice, Dr. Sharon Grossman. Exactly. <laughs> you just tell people to stop it and they pay you. And magically, they're better, isn't it amazing? Voila. Like, <laughs> you don't, you know, this is why we go to school for 10 years to get a PhD. We just have to learn this one phrase, but it takes 10 years to get it. So you you oh. got it instantly. Like, you, you, you're just, you superseded us. So... <laughs> So much for all that education and toil. Okay, so because you are our resident doctor today, we are going to ask you, we're going to lay on your proverbial couch and we're going to ask you, okay, now they kind of have an insight, our listeners, what to do, how to sort of stop that catastrophizing high level of stress, the story they're telling themselves. They ask themselves, is it serving me or not? And then they realize, and we talk about this in the show a lot, am I energized, inspired, or am I totally de-energized and really kind of down and low and they go toward what lifts them up all right so now we're dealing with something that they can cope with and it's a tool and it's actionable what would you tell people in terms of what they can do to stop it before it starts do you have some advice for us on that to stop the story yeah is there any way to to wisen up <laughs> help us <laughs> So I would say that uh, one of the things that's really helpful is grounding. And and the reason for that is I, I often think of grounding and for people who don't know what I mean by that, it's um, really where you're connecting to the earth. And there is something that happens when we're connecting to the earth that just brings all the energy down, right? Like it's just you you kind of can feel solid you can feel supported um and and i like and the reason i bring this up is because if you think about what anxiety is anxiety is when all the energy is up high right it's all in your head it's all around you and you feel out of control and so to take anxious energy and to turn it around we ground ourselves and it brings that energy down. And so there's different things that you can do to ground yourself. There are things that you can do. I mean, the ideal situation is that you are outdoors, that you are barefoot and you are touching the earth with your bare feet. However, you can't always do that, right? Some people can't go outside for weather reasons. Um, we might want to ground ourselves throughout the day and we're working and we live in a condominium or in an, we're in an office building. So what else can you do to ground? Well, certainly one thing, uh, breathing is something that grounds us. So you can take some breaths and kind of maybe even visualize the energy kind of sinking, like you're sinking down into your seat. You can put your bare feet on the floor right? And kind of can feel that and we visualize that. Sometimes we'll visualize like a cord coming down from um, the bottom of your spine and kind of going all the way down into the earth and, and feeling like you're connecting to the, the middle of the earth and, and that's really grounding. So there's the visualization piece of it. Um, but you could do other things too, like um, washing your hands without gloves on 
is a grounding thing or anything to do with water can be grounding. So I know that a lot of you probably have experienced being in the shower and it's just so relaxing and you, you come out and you're nice and calm, right? There's a transformation that happens. So for those of you who have access to, you know, the ocean and you want to go swimming, that's a grounding thing. So anytime you're in nature and you're around trees uh, and, and wildlife and things like that, that's very grounding. So there's a lot of things that you could do both indoor and outdoor. The idea is you should probably be doing something to ground yourself on a regular basis. And if you are prone to anxiety, even more so. Even more so. This is excellent. So I'm thinking about some boardroom scenarios and conference room scenarios now that people are somewhat back to work. And I know a lot of women in particular who are in high powered roles, they really don't know how to ground themselves at work and washing your hands. This show's been running four years. We've had brilliant guests. No one's ever said that. So listen up, listeners, wash your hands. First of all, it's great for the germ thing. Second of all, I myself didn't realize till Dr. Sharon said it. When I go to hula class on Monday nights, a lot of us wash our hands at break. Why? Because we're sweating profusely because it's hot and there's a tea tree soap and we all love the smell. And so you kind of wash your hands. I didn't realize it was also de-stressing. Now I get it. Thank you. This is brilliant. We also like the smell. We all kind of go back into class with this wafting smell of tea tree oil. So is yes. that also grounding? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, there, There is the whole kind of science behind the aromatherapy and there's specific oils that have different properties. And in particular, if you want one that just kind of jumps out, as being something that is very soothing and relaxing, it's lavender. Lavender is very relaxing and it's something that can really help if you've got anxiety, but there's other ones as well. I mean, I'm one that likes lemon verbane or just lemon in general, because it's just, it's very cleansing. Uh, people use it in cleaning products, which I much prefer to what you typically will find. Like I have somebody in my, we're in a condo right now. Um, and their maintenance people will use something very toxic. So every time I come out of my, my door and I'm walking in the public areas, you can kind of smell this chemical. And I really don't like that. And I've been thinking about going to the board and proposing like, what if we were to do something, even like a homemade remedy with some essential oils, it still does the job, but we don't all have to smell these chemicals all day long because it's just toxic. Right. Actually, again, self-empowering, taking that external stressor, putting it internal and doing something about it. Yeah. So this is another example of a threat versus an opportunity. This, the, the situation doesn't change. It's just, what are you going to do with it? Did you just mind ninja yourself? <laughs> <laughs> that was very, very exciting to observe. And I know the listeners are hearing you and not seeing you. Sometimes we'll take a very short section of the interview and use that to promote this episode because that was pretty badass, what just happened. So listeners, if you want a visual, let me just tell you. And again, if you're driving, do not close your eyes. Do not close your eyes. Pull that car over or listen on demand. You know what to do. Dr. Sharon just mind ninja herself. It was the coolest thing ever. And it <laughs> happened in like 32 seconds. So you can mind ninja yourself. You can take that external stressor as you're teaching us today. 
bring it in house to yourself. And then come on, we're smart. We can always get smarter. Let's go do something about it. Let's be proactive and let's do something that in this case is environmental too. And we don't have to breathe toxic chemicals. So get your lists out, listeners. Lavender, lemon bourbona. I like tea tree. Get your favorite smell. Just make sure that it's not a chemical. Well, today's episode is going lightning fast. I don't want to run out of time. I do want to change gears for a minute. And I want to talk about making career part of your lifestyle because a lot of the listeners are ridden with guilt. They're working moms. They're working hard like me, perhaps at one point or currently they're single moms, financial providers, and they're stressed out because they feel bad about career being so primary. How do you make career part of your lifestyle? So in the same way that we've been talking about stress, I'm really here to empower people to understand that you always have a choice. It's really about these decisions that we make. So I want you to take a step back, kind of zoom out of your life and think about what is going on right now. You've got your career and you've got your family and you've got your own self and the things that you need, your personal needs. And you've got all these other things like your hobbies and your friends and right. And so if we were to make a list of all these different things, each is a part of the pie that you carry. And probably your career takes up the biggest chunk. And then your family probably takes up the second biggest chunk. And then if there's anything left over, maybe you get a little crumb. And I think what happens is we say to ourselves, well, I wish that I could fill in the blank, meditate, exercise, you name it. But I don't have time. So. What I really propose is that you think about what is it that you really need that's going to sustain you? Because everybody needs a piece of you. Your kids need a piece of you and your spouse needs a piece of you and your friends need a piece of you and your colleagues and your boss and your customers, like everybody, okay? And if you wait until, quote unquote, there is time left over to then figure out how you're going to take care of your needs, you'll never get there. Cause there's just like, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, Oh, I have such like all this extra time. Like that never happens. So this, this actually occurred to me when I was a grad student, I attended the American psychological association's annual conference one year. And I attended this one session that was led by a psychologist in private practice. And he had a session on burnout. And he was saying how if you're a psychologist in private practice, you are very likely to burn out because you're just seeing patient after patient, you're working by yourself, you don't have a team around you. And I said to myself, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not going into private practice. Right. And so I, I graduated from school, I went, I started working for a nonprofit. And I had been there for a number of years, but I kind of reached the ceiling and it was time to move on. And I started to think about where am I going to go next? And I started interviewing and I started looking around and I didn't like any of my options. It was like either the wrong population or it was going to be too far of a drive or it was going to be nights and weekends and whatever it was, it didn't fit into my value. My value that was driving my decision-making was lifestyle. And so I said, well, if it doesn't exist, then I have to create it, which by the way, meant going into private practice, right? 
And so at that point, I remembered the session and I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm going to do it smarter. And so I got an office space that was walking distance to the gym. I created my schedule such that I saw a morning batch of patients. I went out to the gym. I did my exercise. I came back. I had lunch. I saw my afternoon patients. I did all my notes and then I went home. So I kind of baked in my self-care to the middle of my day. And that's, you know, not something that everybody can do because, you know, that's kind of the perk of being an entrepreneur. But there are certainly things that you can do, even if you're working for someone else. But I think it's the thinking that needs to drive you. You currently have a mindset of, I'll do it when I have time, instead of, I'm going to do what I need to do, and then really carve that in so that everything else is built around my needs, as opposed to my needs are like the crumbs that are left over, right? So I... I really encourage you to bake what you need into your day and you have to do it in however way you need to do it. If you have the luxury of doing it in the middle of the day, fantastic. If you're like most people, you're probably going to do it in the beginning of the day, which is what I do now that I'm not going to the office and I'm just working from home. I'm just like, I start my day, I do my exercise, I shower, I start my my work, right? So for some people that's in the afternoon, like you talked about going to an evening class, so maybe you do your work and you go after work, but figure it out and have something that you can continue to show up for that is consistent, right? So it's like either you're doing it with a friend or you have a class that starts at a specific hour and you gotta get there when you gotta get there. Don't leave it up to chance and don't just you know, don't waste the time where you're like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. No, do it today because you're not getting today back. Like this is it. This is it. And this is the modern version of stop it. Figure it out. Stop <laughs> it. I love that. I love this quote. And we're going to attribute this quote to you instead of using someone else's quote to close today's show. And we're going to talk about the book you're working on and where they can find you and all that good stuff in one second. So get yourself ready for that. I love the notion of bake this into your life instead of waiting for that final crumb and then you get to consume one crumb. If you're a baker or you are a cook or you understand what a recipe is, which is all of you listeners, you have to get the ingredients before you start baking. That's the epiphany today from Dr. Sharon, which is you do need to pre-plan. You got to purchase those ingredients. You got to find the right recipe. I guess first you find the recipe, then you get the ingredients. Let me rearrange that comment. And then you go to baking and then you let it cool. You don't just burn your mouth, even though we all want the cake. And then you are on the ground. Imagine this, listeners, you're on the ground just waiting for a crumb to fall off the top of the cake so you can eat the one crumb. We don't who does that. You're not doing that. You're not listening to this show if you're doing that because you're listening to the show because you're ready to transform. Our promise is work-life harmonized and the way to harmony is to integrate. And that's what Dr. Sharon's talking about today on today's show. So before we have to wrap, the 7E and something in the works. Tell us about your podcast, your books, what's going on. How do they find you? 
So all of my information can best be found on my website, drsharongrossman.com. And as Dana just mentioned, I do have a podcast. It is Everything Burnout, and we call it Decode Your Burnout because the message that I have to share with the world is that burnout doesn't happen. It just happens differently for different people. And burnout recovery is not a one-size-fits-all. So we're there to kind of figure out exactly what has what personality traits, if you will, have contributed to your burnout. And we've got three different types. And we also have guests come on and debunk different myths about what it really means to be successful. Because, you know, we're all kind of stuck in this notion that success leads to happiness. So uh, so you could find all of that on, on Decode Your Burnout. And in addition to that, there's lots of free goodies on my website. So you can go there and check that out. And as Dana mentioned as well, I've got my book, The 7E Solution to Burnout, which is really only available at this point on my website. Uh, so go to drsharongrossman.com forward slash book. I believe it's there. Um, and yes, I am working on a fiction book, which I, should be available by the time you're hearing this. And I thought this was going to be just like a really fun thing because my original book is 400 pages and it's not for everybody because it's like really a monstrosity right and so I thought I'm going to do the exact opposite I'm going to do like the shortest book ever but I'm going to talk about how stress is not the enemy and we talked a little bit about that today but what I did was I, I created a fictional story about a man who is very busy and he goes and he starts taking these tennis lessons and through those lessons He's learning things that he can then bring into his life. So he's learning about tennis, but then we're kind of spinning those tips and he's starting to apply those to his life. And it's really about how you can utilize stress to your advantage. So again, it's called the stress advantage. Um, and I'm super excited to share it. This is the first time I'm talking about it in public. We're so honored. Listeners, we're going to put all the ways to find everything. I know she just told you where to find her and all of her stuff in one place. Thank you, Dr. Sharon Grossman for that. We are going to talk about ways to connect going forward with her. And also we're going to stay tuned for this book. This sounds exactly like what we need right now. Everybody seems to have this heightened stress situation going on. Some of it's post-pandemia. Some of it is the way that we're going back to work for those of us that were working remote. Now we're going back. Companies and people, they're swinging from one side to the other. You know, no one can work from home. Everyone can work from home. Now no one can work from home again. It's, it's mind numbing the way that companies are dealing with post, if you will, pandemia. So we're looking forward to your book. We all need it. And we're looking forward to learning how to make stress something that we are relating to instead of our enemy. We are so grateful that you came on today's show. This was fabulous. Thank you, Dana, so much for having me. And I can't wait to have you on my show as well. Thank you. I would be honored. And listeners, as always, and as you know what to do, go find her, Dr. Sharon Grossman, two S's, M-A-N. And please continue to listen to the show. Subscribe, like us, share us with friends, and DM me. We are answering your questions on air whenever possible. Until we meet again, we have so much gratitude for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And a hui ho. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. 